forgot to hello everybody in Italian. Welcome to the Elise DeLucci Show. Welcome back. I'm Elise and welcome to my living room on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Okay, um, today's episode 20. I feel like this is a momentous occasion. We only started this podcast a couple months ago and I am loving, I'm loving doing this. I don't know if I'm loving doing it because... I just love talking to you girls, my friends and guys, or if I just love it because, you know, my this is my thing. I just never shut the F up. But I love it regardless. So today, episode 20, we're talking about, is he emotionally available? Um, Yeah, because we've all dealt with freaks like this. And um, Chinese herbal medicine, I don't know if you've tried, but we're talking. And whales, not the mammal, the country. My ex is from Wales. You know, he's British, but from Wales. And so uh, I got a question about what is it like being a New Yorker in Wales? And I'm going to tell you. Okay, so sit back, relax, take a sip of your cocktail, and enjoy. Fact of the day. Do you know... Okay, so let, let's do this. I wish we were in person because then it would be more fun. It's like, I, it's like a trivia question, but it's a fact. So... There's a popular cookie on the, sh- the, the shelves of the supermarket. Um, and if you, you're, if you, I know I have international listeners, listeners, so if you're abroad, it's an American cookie, and probably in the shelves of the international section of your supermarket. But for us, it's a regular old cookie. It's a name that we know and we love it, and it's been around forever, but it's a knockoff of an original original. But it's a household name. Can you guess what it is? No? Okay. Well, guess what? Oreo, it's an Oreo. Oreos, they're knockoffs of a cookie called Hydrox. So Oreos are knockoffs of Hydrox cookies, and they came out four years earlier. Is that not mind-blowing business? That's mind-blowing to me. Okay, because in 1908, a cookie named Hydrox came on the block in a blue package, okay? Same, just like Oreo, same kind of color, and it was a black cookie with the white inside, cream-filled sandwich cookie, um, and it debuted in 1908. And then what happened? 1912 came around and Oreo hit the scene. Yeah, true story. Facts. Isn't that funny? Like, what the hell happened to Hydrox? And, like, if that was today, can you imagine if that was today? Like, Hydrox would be suing the shit out of Oreo. Oreo wouldn't even have a chance of surviving, let alone becoming household brand. You know what? And by the way, I just like a plain old Oreo. I'm not into mega stuffed, are you? I think my sister, hi, Gab. She, I, she, um, I think she likes, like, the birthday cake ones. I, for some reason, I have this memory of that. I, I, I'm not I'm not digging it. I like a plain old Oreo. I always like four, and I like a dunk them in milk. I get so frustrated, though, when, you know, they, they break apart in the milk. Like, ugh, they break apart in the milk. It's the worst. Anyway, you know, the thing is, is that when I get my period, I feel like the facts of the week are always about food. But how are you? How's your week going? I got my tree up. Did you put your tree up or your menorah, your holiday decor? I did it. I put it up. I usually um, put my tree up closer, you know, like towards Christmas. Like I usually put it up like, I don't know, two and a half or maybe three weeks before Christmas. But, oh, everybody's putting their shit up early this year. And I'm like, I'm joining the party. I don't, I'm not getting a real tree. I mean, well, how, how the hell am I getting a real tree in my house? Well, I guess I could, if I wanted, I could ask my boyfriend to, you know, get me a real tree. But if you get a real tree, then you have to wait until it really is a couple weeks closer to Christmas. Um, 
so I was just like, screw it. I got a tree from Michael's craft store. It's, it's, it's a fake, I'm looking at it right now. It's a fake Douglas fir. I got it on sale, 40% off. It's, it's a green tree. Um, and it, it, I wanted one that looked like it had a little snow on it. It doesn't have snow. It, it's like a little, it has like white tips, but, but I do like the snow looking trees. Um, and it's pre-lit. So it's just so easy. And I put up my decorations and everybody, everything, every, everybody, everybody's so happy. The only person that's seen it to me is everything looks great. And my daughters, they didn't put it up with me this year. It's a surprise. They're at, with their dad right now. So when they come home, they uh, are going to be surprised. And I just can't wait. So that's that. You know where I went today? I went to Barney's Green Grass. Do you know? I don't know if you know what that is if you don't live in the city in Manhattan. Barney's Green Grass is a place uh, in Manhattan. It's a, a you know, it's like an appetizing shop. It's like a Jewish deli. They are, they're known for a lox, lox, sturgeon, kipper, herring. So like, you know, sort of Jewish deli stuff and bagels. I went there today and I got an every, I got my favorite. I got an everything bagel scooped out and toasted with lox, cream cheese, a little bit of red onion, a couple of capers and a diet Dr. Brown's black cherry soda in the can with the straw. That's right. It was so satisfying. I haven't had a bagel in ages because I'm trying to watch, you know. I'm like, well, you know, it's, it's holiday season. It's baking season. You know, I, I'm going to I'm gonna not eat a ton. It's, it's, it's elastic pants season. But I, I just, I, I, I usually like to keep trim and then I just let it rip at Thanksgiving. I'm like, fuck it. But you want to know what? I, I was dying for the bagel. It was so good. So if you're in New York or you come to New York or whatever, you got you to gotta go to Barney's Greengrass. I have to say, I still think Barney's Greengrass is delicious and I really enjoyed my bagel today, but I also like Russ and Daughters all the way downtown on Houston Street. If you're ever coming to Manhattan, just let me know and I'll tell you a restaurant, t- tell you places to go. But you know, for, for bagels and locks, I like uh, Russ and Daughters. I like Barney's Greengrass. Um, they're just like throwback places, you know, but so today I did Barney's, it was delish recipe. Okay. This is not really a holiday recipe. It's just a recipe, but you could make it on the holidays if you want chicken instead of turkey. If it's like your Thanksgiving or if you're doing a, not a Christmas turkey, but you want to do a chicken. Actually, you're not going to make fried chicken at Christmas or a Hanukkah. What am I talking about? This, this is a, this is an oven fried chicken recipe. It's so good. It's so good. So I love fried chicken. Do you? Do you like it? You know, I I love fried chicken so much that sometimes when I when I was younger, like in my young 20s, I would walk into KFC, I would I would cry. Like uh, because it tastes so delicious. Like like the biscuits, oh, I can't even stand. When I was pregnant with my eldest daughter, I would get fried chicken and I would just lick the skin. I know. I know. It's, it was ridiculous. And I was a vegetarian at that time. Not when I was pregnant, but prior. And I was a vegetarian after, by the way, when I'm after my pregnancies. But now I'm doing a little meat because, you know, I just feel like I'm in a meat phase, I guess right now. But no, actually, you know what? I'm a little anemic, so I'm trying to eat more red meat, and then I guess that led into chicken. But when I was pregnant, I used to get fried chicken, lick the skin. I love it. And I always, always, always dreamed about having a fryer in my house, which I'd never get. 
Um, cause I would blow up like a balloon. And then I thought about getting an air fryer and then I was like, nah, takes up too much counter space. And then it's just a definite excuse for me to have onion rings and French fries all the time. So I made oven fried chicken. So good. Let me tell you how I did it. I got chicken thighs on sale at the store. Um, they were like Bell and Evans, you know, that brand Bell and Evans, they were on sale. And I was like, chicken thighs, ah, but I usually like a chicken breast, but I bought chicken thighs, um, because you know, they're, they're very juicy. So I got, I, this is how I made it. Four, four chicken thighs. Okay, I used four. You could use however many you want or, or whatever cut of chicken, drumsticks, breast. A half a cup of panko. A third cup of flour. About a teaspoon of paprika. A little salt and pepper. Three quarters of a stick of butter. And that's all you do. That's all you need. I should say that's all you need. So this is what you can do. Take a paper bag. Or a plate, but I used a paper bag, like a paper lunch bag, and basically put all the draw, put all those ingredients in except the chicken. So uh, the paprika, the panko, the flour, the salt and pepper, not the butter, not the not the butter, by the way. Put it all in, um, and and basically just shake the bag around. And after you're done washing the chicken, pat it dry, and then put the chicken in the bag and shake it all up. You know, this is like a homemade shake and bake. Now, while while that while you're doing that, or when that's done, preheat your oven to 425, and then you're gonna take a baking uh, tray, a baking tray, put it, um, put the butter, that third, the three quarters of a cup of butter, put it on the baking tray and put it in the oven while it's heating up. When it hits, when the oven hits 425, take the tray with the melted butter. Now, yes, there's gonna be butter all over the baking tray. Take it out and place your chicken, your your your, your seasoned chicken. On the um, tray, skin side down, skin side down, and you're going to bake it for 30 minutes, and after the first 15 minutes, turn it over. So turn it over, first 15 minutes, then bake it for another 15, and you're done. Let me tell you something. I made this multiple times. This time, I didn't use adobo. The last time I made it, I had a little adobo seasoning. It, I was, you know, it was like in the, 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 the little can or whatever the container. Um, and, and it was nice. That was a nice little added kick to the chicken. This time I didn't have any, so I didn't use it. And that's it. And it's good. It's crispy. The panko makes it crispy, crispy. And if you don't have panko, you don't need panko. You could just use the flour, the paprika, the salt, and the pepper. You do not need panko. If you have regular breadcrumbs, if you want to use that, you can use that. If you have rich crackers and you want to use rich crackers, use that. You can use anything, but I, I had panko and I use panko. It makes it crispier but you could just use flour and it's good. It is really, really good. And, and, and I really enjoyed licking, <laughs> licking that chicken thigh skin. Okay. Okay. Now that we know we're all sane around here. Um, okay. So have you ever did any of this Chinese herbal medicine? Okay. Because so a friend of a friend, was telling me that she was got ac well she told me a while ago before covid she got was getting acupuncture and uh downtown in Chinatown and um and she told also told me about this place that she was going which was a chinese herbalist and it's called the Lin sisters okay and so i went and it's the coolest thing ever I mean, it's a little freaky, but it's cool. The Lynn Sisters. I don't have the address. I, if you write to me, I could get it to you. But just type in Lynn Sisters, L-I-N, Sisters, and just put Chinatown, New York, and it'll come up. And basically what the Lynn Sisters is, is a, a little 
Chinese herbal medicine shop and you go in and you pay, I, I don't know what it is, I think $20 or something. And uh, you meet with somebody and you tell them what is wrong with you. <laughs> and I'm like, they're like, what's wrong with, I'm like, everything. Every, which one? I'm an overreader. I'm neurotic. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm depressed. I'm anxious. I, I'm, I'm OCD. The, the, the ladies looked at me like at 10,000 heads. No, I, I went in and I just said to her that, um, I'm stressed. I said, I'm, I'm stressed. And I like, I, I feel anxious sometimes. And I think that's because of the uncertainty of what's going on in the world or whatever. Normal. I didn't tell her all the backstory. I just said, I'm anxious and a little stressed. And what she did was she uh, prescribed, subscribed, no, prescribed at least, prescribed, prescribed some tea, some, some, some tea made of Chinese herbs. And I bought it and I drank it. I took it home and I drank it and it was disgusting. It was absolutely putrid, but I'm telling you, I feel a little less anxious. I know you can't tell that through my voice, but I really can. <laughs> no, I can't. So anyway, so I want to tell you about that place, but, but then I started thinking and when I went home, I'm like, Chinese herbal medicine, what's the deal? I, I don't really know much about it. And, you know, so I was learned. It's, like, been around for 2,000 years. And basically, I didn't know. Maybe maybe you know this. But obviously, it's it's not traditional medicine. It's an alternative medicine. But the the, the Eastern cultures swear by it. And basically, the, the ch- or Chinese herbal medicine, or I should say, traditional Chinese medicine, traditional Chinese medicine, um, they, they believe in yin and yang they believe in opposite energies they believe in uh, like heaven and you know like such as like opposite energies like earth and heaven or winter and summer happy and sad right and so they feel that when the yin and the yang are balanced when these opposites are balanced you feel relaxed and energized and they feel that if the yin and the yang is negatively balanced it's going to have a bad effect on your health. So that's like the basis of Chinese medicine that I learned. They didn't tell me that when I went to Lynn Sisters. I found that after the fact. I just went to Lynn Sisters because my friend who does acupuncture was like, Elise, like, I, I, this is amazing. And then I got these teas and you got to try it. And I'm like, I'm going to go to 20, I'm going to pay $20 to go talk to somebody to give me some disgusting tea when I can go to my doctor down the block that's covered by insurance. But I did it because, yeah, you know, you only live once. And I live in New York. Like, there's all this crazy stuff here. Why not? And I'm not saying it's crazy, by the way. It's just something I've never tried. So to me, I guess that's a little crazy. But anyway, um, so basically, you know, they, the, the, the Chinese medicine, they feel like for, for the yin and the yang, if you need that to be balanced, which, of course, that's the goal of the whole medicine. If you need that to be balanced, your body has to be healthy. Your energy has to flow free. Right, and they feel that if there's too much, if there's too much, it's going to be blocked, and you're going to get sick. Okay, that that's that's the deal. So, so that's what it is. Goes back two thousand years. Okay, it's it's practiced all over the world. Here's the thing. So I'm like, oh yeah, this is crazy shit. No, it's not actually because it's practiced all over the world. And let me tell you something. I lived downtown um, years ago, and. Well, and I lived close to Chinatown. And when I lived close to Chinatown, I would get up in the morning and I'd, I'd just go for a walk as I like to do in the mornings. And um, there was all these older Chinese people, men and women, doing um, Tai Chi in the park. Like nothing, and I'm not talking about chai, chai, tai Chi like the DVD videos that had its little like popularity like maybe 15 years ago. I'm talking about like they were just 
in the park, you know, doing arm circles and, and, and sort of jumping jack like motions and doing kicks in the air. And I, I you can't see me right now. I'm, I'm doing it. Like, why, why am I doing this when you can't see? But, but that's what they're doing. And it's, that's part of Chinese medicine. So I, I didn't even realize that's what it was. I just thought that that was like sort of their form of, you know, like, I don't know, exercise, but not, and not them, like, Chinese people, I mean, like, them, like, older people, you know, sometimes, like, I would go to the Y, I was a member of the Y, I used to be a member of the Y, and I would go there, and I would see a lot of, you know, older people doing exercise, and all they do is, like, little arm circles, and these, you know, I don't know, modified lunges, and stuff like that, but I had no idea that these Chinese older people that were actually doing this Chinese medicine, so basically, what it is, it's, it's, it's Tai Chi, exercise. So it's like, um, I'm totally saying this wrong. I think it's like Q gong or Kwai gong. It's Q I gong. That's Q I. That's how you spell it. And then G O N G gong, but it's Tai Chi, this, uh, Q gong. Um, I apologize if you're Chinese and you're listening. I, I really should have like looked up how to say that. Um, but Chinese massage, nutrition, herbal medicine, acupuncture, acupressure. So, so that's that. That's what it is. So I kind of skipped over, you know, the stuff that, you know, I have to use physical activity for. But yeah, because, you know, because, because, because there's so much, there's only so much physical activity I can do in a goddamn day, you know? I'm tired. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to drink. I'm just going to drink. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to go pay $20 and get somebody to give me some, you know, mulled mushroom root with a little licorice flavoring and I'm going to knock it back at night. <laughs> wash it down with the corona. No, but I, I'm telling you, I, I, I swear, I, it really, I felt, I really did. I, I feel, I feel a little different. I, I feel a little different. I, I recommend. I do. Like, I don't know where you go, where you're going to go if you don't have this in your area because you have to go to the place. Um, you need to like talk to the, the, the doctor, but if I'm, I'm curious to know if you guys ever did anything like this. Um, sometimes I'm so fast to like write off that kind of stuff. I'm like, ah, it's not going to work. No. It's too, not for me. It's not, that's what I say. Yeah, it's not for me. But, but you know what? I'm, I'm, I have, I'm, I'm going with it. I'm open. Okay. Let me tell you something about emotionally unavailable men. I literally despise. Okay. Despise. And, and we're all guilty of meeting these men and women. Okay. Emotionally unavailable people. I, I, you know, I don't even know why they're on the freaking dating market. Right. Like, I get questions. You girls, you guys, you write me questions about, you know, oh, he's not texting me back. Oh, whatever. I I don't know. I You know what? I don't know. I don't know why. I, I mean, I try to answer, like, as if, you know, we're girlfriends and I've heard the story a thousand times or we, we're getting a cocktail and that's how I answer, right? But, but at the end of the day, like, really, the people are all freaking emotionally unavailable. I didn't even know what that meant when I was younger. I didn't even know what it meant. I was just like... Emotionally unavailable? Yeah, it's probably some like emotional personality disorder. I had no idea. It was only until I got into my 30s and I started dating all these train wrecks. You know, the whole 20s, I'm dating train wrecks. I'm trying to figure out what the hell's going on. What, why is everybody such a weirdo? I thought maybe it's me. No. It's that, you know, basically, it's literally these freaking people that they're just blocked. It's, it's the people that you can't read. That's what I figured out. Like, and doesn't that make sense? Like, come on. Okay. So, like, I would go on a date, right? And I met this guy on an app. 
this is like one of a dozen. So I'm not, I don't even remember. It's not even a specific story. Actually, you know what? Let me pull a specific. I met this guy on an app. Oh, and that just reminds me. Somebody asked me what were some of the good dating apps, um, the best ones. I have to I have to address that next podcast. Anyway, sorry. So okay, I went on a date with this guy. I met on the app, and I'm excited. He seems great. We were chatting on text on you know whatever for like a week, and we met out, and he was really nice, and he was really charismatic, and. And he said that he was looking for, you know, he was looking for a relationship. And, you know, he had, you know, he wasn't married. Well, and uh, never been married and none of that. No kids. And, and I'm like, oh, this is, this is so perfect. And then the next date, he was also charismatic. The third date, he was charismatic. The fourth date, it was like he got me interested. And then he turned into Stone Cold Steve Austin. What the hell is that about, guy? Okay? Because... By date five, I'm blowing up all my friends' phones saying, what the hell is wrong with Craig? What's Craig's problem? Craig said he wanted to have a girlfriend. Why the hell is Craig acting like I'm a stranger? Now, does Craig not like me? No, I know Craig likes me because he's planning these great dates and he's taking me out all over town and he's doing all these cute things. But it's like, it's, it's like, it's like he's dead. It's like, what happened to the person I just met? Am I am I delusional? Well, needless to say, stop seeing Craig, okay? But the thing is, is basically these emotionally available assholes is they can't tap into their emotions. It's like they lack empathy. They lack emotions. It's like they're emotionally dead. Like they can't feel anything. Like sociopaths. <laughs> no, I shouldn't say that. They're not sociopaths. It's just that, it's just that they have issues. They have issues, and they are the people that you can never read. Craig was a guy that I can never read, but they, those are the guys that always get all the girls. Isn't that hilarious? So if you're a guy listening, I feel like that, and, and it goes the other way too. If you're a guy listening and, you know, you, you're, you're seeing emotionally unavailable girls, like aren't those the girls that are like, you just, they just happen to be like the hottest. They happen to always get guys. Yeah, you want to know why? Because it's so cool, calm, and collected, frigid inside, Okay. But, like, when you really get into the relationship or you try to get into a relationship with these sort of people, they always have their freaking reasons, right? 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 Am I right? Like, okay, they did what? Oh, so, yeah. So, oh, you want to go out? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know what? This is not a great time for me to really get serious right now. I just got to have a breakup. Oh, my job is busy. Oh, you know what? I'm getting my master's. You know what? I have to take care of my kids. Oh, I got a dog. Mm, excuses. Misery. That's it. All they do is they blame all this shit. And it goes on and on why they can't commit. And it's like as if you're saying to them, want to go walk down the aisle? Want to go fly to Vegas? Go to a little love chapel and, and be my man forever, baby? No, you're not saying that. God. No, honestly, it's like, and these motherfuckers have no problem jumping in the sack with you, right? No problem at all. No problem. No problem taking you to the movies. No problem giving you a little foot massage. But God forbid you start up with the girlfriend stuff. Please, I can't. These people that fucking with you had, they give you mixed signals I mean, and, you know, in the beginning, it's like, this guy, you can't believe how lucky you are. You can't believe you met Fabio. You can't believe that Pepe Le Pew walked in your life. He's giving you all the attention. You love it. Then he goes, 
freaking dead. And let me tell you something, girls. If you're married, and because I know a lot of you are married, or, and maybe you're unhappy, you think the grass is greener, this is what you have to deal. If you want to go be single, welcome to the world of dating because there's a bunch of these psychos running around, okay? Like, but this is how, so let me, let me be honest. My boyfriend, okay, he's, uh, he's a nice guy and, you know, we were friends and when we, um, decided to maybe give this a shot, right? Like I, he, he, he was, he was, um, all these things. I felt like he was emotionally unavailable, like in a lot of ways, you know, kind of cool and distant and yeah, blah, 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 whatever. And, but when we decided to give it a shot, like, and be exclusive, he became warmer. It was like a switch went on. So really he wasn't emotionally unavailable. I thought he was emotionally unavailable and I was about to write his ass off as any potential suitor. But when we became exclusive, it was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I, I love you. But these emotionally unavailable people, it's different with them. Once they get you hooked, that's when they get cold and they get confusing, okay? You don't understand. You're blowing up your friend's phone. I don't get it. I can't read him. You, you're, you're trying to figure shit out. You're stalking shit. And then, well, of course, what are they? Throw you a few little Ritz crack crumbs on the floor, right? They, they take it right out of your panko, your, your fried chicken bag, they throw it on the floor, and there you are. You're eating it up, right? And it never lasts. There's never an abundance of crumbs. It's not the Wonder Bag, the Wonder Bread bag of crumbs that they just threw you. No, it's pathetic misery. And you want to know what? It's just that they're incapable. It has nothing to do with you. This has nothing to do with you. And you just have to leave these people, stop dating them, stop seeing them because it's just wasting your time. Everything is on this person's term and you never realize it until you're too late and you're wrapped up and you're making excuses for his ass and, you know, it's a whole big disaster. And so if you need some signs, I have some signs for you. You want to know if he's emotionally unavailable? This is what we came up with, me and a few girls, okay? He talks about his exes all the time. He's always making up excuses. He texts you rather than calls you. That's a thing. Oh, pff, he doesn't want to label the relationship. God forbid you utter the word girlfriend, as we said. Oh, he tells you he's not ready for the relationship. When 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 he gets comfortable, this is an important one. When he gets comfortable, he sort of devalues you, right? Like it's it it, it that and that's just sick. That's so sick when he gets comfortable. It's like ah, oh, this old broad, ah, whatever. Okay, he doesn't involve himself in your life. And you want to know what? You you don't really connect intimately. Like, you know when that happens. You just don't commit, commit connect intimately. Oh, and God forbid you meet his friends or his family, and he called you his girlfriend, you know? And he always tells you he has his issues right now. So that's what we came up with. This is the guy that has issues. The dog ate his homework guy. That's him. You know what? Get lost. Take a freaking hike. Who needs your ass? Not me. Not you. I know not you. Who is ever listening? Because it's just it's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. And look, I know this shit is easier said than done. I was so pathetic in my like in my day, as if I'm a hundred. I, I I I'm pathetic when I date. Like I mean, I get I can get pathetic. I mean, I I, I question everything. I, I'm thinking about everything. But you know what? As I'm getting older, you know, as we get older, I should say, we you know I. 
I'm smartening up. You're smartening up. It's just, it's just not worth it. It's like, it's like if I was to be single right the second, I mean, sure, I would maybe want to sit down and watch a movie with somebody and go to the diner and get an omelet with that person, maybe go for a walk around Central Park. I don't want to put up with that shit. I wouldn't want to put up with it. Either like you're going to be there and you're going to be present, you're going to be available, and if you're not, I'm done. I just can't, you know? Anyway. So, on TikTok, a lot of you guys are so nice, so, so nice, and you say that I have nice skin, and I'm so flattered. Thank you. Um, I had the worst skin when I was a teenager. Not like, like terrible cystic acne all over my face bad, but it was pretty bad. And, um, and I had it like on my back and I even had like, just like ingrown everything everywhere. Like it was a horror. I have to have laser to not have ingrowns, but anyway, my skin is so sensitive and just always was from all of that stuff. I just knew it from the second I feel like I was 13 and using Clearasil or Proactive or whatever the hell I was using. I I just knew I had the most sensitive, delicate skin and every freaking cover girl and oil of Olay makeup I bought, it put on, it made me break out everywhere. So I now, um, as I learned through the years, I, um, I just have one foundation. I use the same exact foundation all the time and it's Makeup Forever. Now here's the thing. Makeup Forever is like a makeup artist brand. They sell it in Sephora. You, I actually buy it on um, Amazon. I buy it like from the company so it's not like a fake one because, you know, there's fake cosmetics on Amazon, by the way. But uh, if you didn't know that, so you always have to make sure it's not fake. Read the reviews. But, um, you know, yeah, I, I this is a makeup artist brand. So I went to my dermatologist and I'm telling her that, you know, I need a new foundation. This was a couple years ago. I need a few new foundation. Like, I just feel like it's mine is cakey. I was using Bare Minerals, okay, because everybody was saying that was great and it was for sensitive skin. And I liked it. I liked the way Bare Minerals, when I first put it on, it made my skin feel very, it made my skin look, and it felt light. First of all, my skin felt light. And it also made my skin look very flawless. But what I didn't like about Bare Minerals was that it felt like it caked up after a while. And also, it was a freaking mess. I had all, had all this shit all over my bathroom foundation dust everywhere, but I, but you know, whatever I had to do what I got to do. So my, my, ther- uh, my therapist, oh my God, Freudian slip. What is going on? You know, it's because I was just talking about emotionally unavailable assholes. Anyway. So my dermatologist said, at least makeup forever. This is what I use. And she, this ritual ultra HD invisible cover foundation. So it's makeup forever, ultra HD invisible cover foundation. It's $45 foundation. This is obviously an investment foundation. It comes in like 35 shades. This foundation doesn't cake on my skin. It feels smooth. It's apparently good for pictures. My my dermatologist, hilarious, said that Kim Kardashian endorsed it a few years ago. I'm like, am I hearing this correct? Like, what are you telling me? You doctor tell me Kim K used it. So is that a voucher of approval? And she said, no. She said, it's not. She's like, I'm just telling you. It's like very popular. I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, but it's... It, she said, for my sensitive skin, this was good. So I use it. And guess what? I have no breakouts. So here's the thing. Do you guys know about this environmental working group? It's called EWG.org. It's basically like this, um, it's basically like this group 
that with this, I don't know if it's nonprofit or whatever, but it's basically this group that looks at all brands of makeup and they go through all of the brands and look at it for two makeup and uh, perfumes and they go see like which brands um, have really bad toxic shit in them and how it's not healthy and yada, yada, yada. Well, I don't know if this foundation is on that website, you know, or if it has toxic stuff. I actually never looked it up. I don't even want to. I'm just putting that out there that if you have really sensitive skin or if, you know, like looking at the toxins and all that stuff, it, you you know, you need to do that. I tend to like to do that as well. But for, for this foundation, my doctor said it was good. It works for me. I really like it. And that's that's just what I use on my face. I wash my face with plain soap and water. You know, I do a few other things, but i that's my makeup every day. And I also use a Makeup Forever concealer. That's it. That's all I do. So that's that's the product for today. Question from the audience. Okay. This is, this is a great question. So um, they said, hey, Elise, you mentioned your ex is British. You talk about your ex is British, and you mentioned that he's from Wales. What was Wales like? And are there any New Yorkers there? Oh, Mona me. Let me answer that for you. Wales is very pretty. Rolling greens. More sheep than people. Yes, correct. Are there New Yorkers there? No. Absolutely not one stitch of a New York did I smell anywhere. Never, ever, ever. I went to Wales lots of times. Back and forth. I I have stores that I like in Wales. I, I, I feel like I know my way. Well, I should say I like stores in the particular area of Wales that my in-laws were from. Um, they were from Cardiff, which is the, I think that's the capital, right? Um, Cardiff, and they lived in a little village called Dennis Powys. I think it's a little village. Apparently, it's not that little. I think it's actually big, a big village or something. Actually, you want, you want to know something funny. Is so... Uh, you know, so they live in Cardiff, that, you know, the city, but Dennis Powis, the little village, it's in a community, wait, get ready, Vale of Glamorgan, that's what it's called, Vale of Glamorgan, so Dennis Powis in the Vale of Glamorgan in Cardiff in Wales, does this not sound like a fucking Harry Potter chapter or what, okay, when I, I think the first time I rolled up, I'm like, where am I, Vale of Glamorgan, Dennis Powis, P-O-W-Y-S. I, I, re, I, I was like, when is the wizard popping out of the sky? Like, I could, I can't. Like, I, <laughs> I never, I, I just, you know, I've actually, I've traveled all over. And when I was in college, I lived in Italy. So, you know, it's not that I've, I've never been anywhere, seen anything, whatever. I just never been anywhere that, like, was a Harry Potter book. Anyway, so there's no New Yorkers there. Here's the thing. My whole life, I've been like a fish out of water. I just never fit in for whatever reasons. I have my reasons. I just never fit in. And when I went to Wales, I felt the exact same thing. So naturally, I was like, oh, baby, I'm home. <laughs> but look, Wales is beautiful. It's, it, it's beautiful. It's rolling greens. There is more. There are more sheep than people. Um, there's all these like beautiful, like thatched roofy sort of idyllic cottage-like Hansel and Gretel sort of storybook places like villages little things homes um I you know the food is you know it's British food it's okay the pubs are great I, I I actually really I'm not a big drinker at all but the pub culture is super cool but um and the people are so nice the people are really nice I mean I you know like people, you know, say British people are stuffing all that shit. I, I, I haven't, I, I haven't found that. Maybe the some of the fancy ones or whatever. But 
I don't know, all the all the, the Welsh people were so nice. All the people that I met in Wales, I mean, maybe that's because they were my um, my ex-husband's good friends and family, but they were all so nice. They all were like super interested in the fact that, you know, I was from New York and they welcomed me with open arms. And here's the thing. There are no no there are no New Yorkers in Wales. Let me tell you a little story. So they have a supermarket. I love going to supermarkets. Anywhere I go, if I'm traveling for business or I'm overseas, wherever I go on vacation, I need to visit a supermarket. I just like to check the inventory. I just want to see what the deal is. But I was at the, so I went. So naturally, I started going to supermarkets in Wales. Now, they have a supermarket called Waitrose. Wait, W-A-I-T-R-O-S-E, Waitrose. The, I, my mother-in-law, my ex-mother-in-law used to say it's like a, a fancier supermarket. So I don't know what to compare it to. But um, I don't know if it's like a Wegmans in uh, the U.S. or if it's like a Whole Foods. I don't know. But Waitrose is the name of it. So I went to Waitrose, not just this time to survey and take the inventory and check it out. I was, we stay at my in-law's house when we would go. And because there's like no hotels. I mean, it's not like New York. So, um, so I, you know, and I really wanted, I was really dying for like macaroni when I, you know, with like a marinade sauce. So, you know, they didn't have basil in the house, you know, cause like, it's just like, it's not a normal thing that Welsh people have in the house or British people, whatever. So we go to Waitrose and I'm in the, the produce section and I say to this guy, I'm like, guy, kid working there. And I'm like, you know, oh, I'm like, oh, you know, where's the, do you have basil? Where's the basil? And and then, and he's looking at me like I got 10 heads. And I'm like, you know, basil, like for a tomato sauce. The kid literally had popped off. He was like, oh, 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 are, are you, are you from New York? Oh my God. Oh, oh we have a New Yorker here. There's somebody from... It was like I was a celebrity. I mean, fine. I was wearing a leopard velour tracksuit. I might have had a side pony. I might have had lip liner and hot pink lipstick. But the fact that whatever I said, that was that was not what attracted them. Because let me tell you, some of these British girls, they they, they, they they dress in the leopard and all the things. But despite like Princess Kate and shit. But, you know, he, they couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. By the way, I don't even think I got basil while I was there. But... There were no New Yorkers there. There were no New Yorkers. But, you know, um, the, that that was a funny moment I had there. Another funny moment was, so we're in Dennis Palace, right, visiting his family. And um, my ex, you know, we had dinner with his parents at his parents' house. And then my ex wants to go to the pub to meet the friends. And it's fun. It is. It's fun. I mean, even though they drink so much, they drink so much to a point where, like, I'm not so comfortable because I just can't hang that long. People are drinking and smoking, and I don't want to smoke. I, I can, just can't. So it's like, but we will go down to the pub, and it's really fun. And as we start walking in, I see a horse pull up into the parking lot. Somebody ties the horse up. They get off their saddle, and they walk into the pub. That's right. People drive horses to the pub in Wales. Oh, yeah. Who needs a car when you have a horse? Okay, this, the, I swear to God, I swear to God, I had never seen anything like it. It's like, it was like another planet. But, um, but yeah, so, but listen, it, there, there's, I have a lot of stories like that, but it's really cool. So the, the, the shopping in Cardiff was great. There's stores that I like there. Um, there's some department stores. I'm trying to think. John Lewis is the name of one of them. I mean, you could go online, you could check them out. Like they're, they're interesting. You know, if you want to just see like what, what the department stores are like there, John Lewis is one. 
Um, Next, they have a department store called Next. That's another one. Ooh, you know what's funny in Wales? Actually, TJ Maxx, I love TJ Maxx. TJ Maxx in Wales is TK Maxx. <laughs> TK Maxx, so funny. Um, there's another store that I like that, you know, you could check out online too if you want. Um, I, I literally bought, I love this store. It's called um, Castle Welsh Craft. Their website is castlewelshcraft.co.uk. And um, they sell all Welshy things. So, you know, shirts that say Wales but and all that kind of shit. Lots of souvenirs. But one of the things that they have there is uh, they make love spoons. So I don't know if you know this, but you probably don't unless you go there or, you, or you're involved in the culture and somehow. But in Wales, Wales is known for love spoons. So love spoons are these handmade wooden spoons. I have a ton of them. These wooden spoons, and you just hang them on the wall. You don't eat with them or anything. Just hang them on the wall. And basically, the thing is, is in the 17th century, a thousand years ago, people would give each other love spoons, like to their loved ones. So, but primarily, like a man would give that to the woman, and um, it was just like a celebrated gift. And so basically. These love spoons, they have symbols on them. So if there's like a single heart, it means like my heart is yours or something. If there's like the Celtic knot, which is obviously like a Welsh thing, it means the love is lasting. And there's all bells, it's wedding bells. And they engrave the names on the love spoons and dates. Well, this place, Castle Welsh Craft, makes love spoons. And you see the guy, like he's making them in the back. He's engraving them and it's so cool. It's like the coolest gift I have a ton. So I love I love when I'm there. I get to go to that kind of store. Um, you know, another thing that's cool about Wales is also, like, they have beaches and stuff like that. I mean, you don't go there to swim. I mean, it's not Saint-Tropez, let's be clear. Um, you go there to, like, just, I don't know, I feel like either you I feel like you just go there because you're either stopping off there or you know somebody there um, or you're on some sort of tour. But I feel like you go to, like, hiking or walking or go to the pubs. Um, you want to go to the beach, but they do have – kind of crazy beaches. There's this one beach um, called Pebble Beach. It's in Barry, uh, Barry Island, which is like a, a beachy town, I think, in Cardiff. Uh, in, not I think, it is a beachy town in Cardiff. And they they don't have sand on this beach. They have gigantic rocks, like but like smooth rocks. So basically like the size of a cookie tin, the size of like a cookie jar. That's the size of the rocks. And they're smooth pebbles. And they're just giant all over the place. And there's like a lot of fossil hunting that goes on there, if you could believe it. In fact, in fact, uh, not too long ago, somebody found dinosaur footprints at one of these beaches in Wales. I'm not kidding. Google fossil hunting in Wales. It's a, It's a thing. Um, so yeah, it's cool. It's like a super cool place. It was crazy. It was crazy for me to go there, um, all the time. And you know what else? It's also hard to get to. It's like, you got to take this flight to London, then you got to connect, whatever. So that's the answer to this question. I know it's a long answer, but listen, if you have a chance to go, I totally recommend it. I'm happy to give you recommendations. I can ask my extra recommendations. Um, they really are lovely people. Um, you know, you might want to pack a carry-on luggage full of snacks because, I don't know, you might get bored of drinking beer, having, um, you know, crumpets and, I don't know, cheese on toast and shit like that. But other than that, it's great. Um, yeah, so that's that. Quote of the day from big old baby blue eyes. I don't even think that makes sense. What did they call Frank Sinatra? Blue eyes? Big baby, uh, big baby blue eyes. Baby blue eyes. Whatever. Frank Sinatra. Love him. The big lesson in life, baby, is never be scared of anybody or anything. And isn't that true? Who, you know, why, why be scared? Why go through life scared? If you go, if you go through life as a scaredy cat, what the hell happens? Nothing, nothing happens. 
That's it. Frank Sinatra. Thank you for listening to episode 20 of the Elise DeLucci Show. Milestone episode claps all around. I want, let's put out some good juju in the world. I wish I could have a television show and do this on air. Wouldn't that be fun if it was on TV or now I don't even know, like Netflix or how about like an 11 a.m. daytime slot? Wouldn't that be great? I'll just talk to you. We could do a cooking segment. I would interview people. That, that's the dream right there, baby. Besides stand-up. Stand-up's always the dream. But like, you know, not Oprah-ish, but like, like Rosie. Like the Rosie show. I'm putting, I'm trying to put that in the universe. Anyway, but thank you, as always, for listening to the Elise DeLucci Show. And please make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And, of course, you can leave me a review on Apple Podcasts because every review means so much. And I read them all. And I love, love, love them. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Ciao, ciao.